You are listening to the Dylan Taunts Podcast. Hello and welcome to What Is It About Bob Dylan? Today we're going to be talking with Rob Kelly. Rob Kelly is an award-winning writer, illustrator, and pop culture historian. He was the creator, editor of the book, Hey Kids, Comics, True Life, Tales from the Spinner Rack, and writes the real retro cinema column for 13thDimension.com. He is the host of Fade Out, MASHcast and TreasureCast and co-host Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe and Superman Movie Minute. Most importantly for the Dylan Tots, he is the longtime host of Pod Dylan. Welcome, Rob. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. Glad to have you here. So what is it about Bob Dylan? Okay, uh, the voice. The voice. It's the thing that is the most maligned about him. And to me, it is the thing that is the most important in terms of what is it about the timber of his voice that digs under my skin, gets into my brain and just stays there? And I think about all the decades I've been a fan of his and the covers of his songs to me by others are interesting. And, you know, rare cases I like a little better. But generally, you know, as Columbia Records said, nobody sings Dylan like Dylan. And then on the other side. I've been able to hear him do covers of songs that I've never found that interesting, but when he does them, they become fascinating. And so there's just something in the timber of that voice that sounds true and interesting and intelligent and makes me want to lean in and understand more. So it's, it really is just that voice. And there's no, to me in popular music, there's no other voice like it. There's no other voice of any other singer that has ever rattled my cages as much as Bob. So it's down. If you could distill it down to one thing, it's that voice. That's great. Um, that, that's a, among all these interviews I've done, that is um, the unique response to that question. So I, I, that's really cool. Um, what is, is it the voice? Is it the phrasing? Is it the intonation? What is it about the voice that makes it so true to you though? I wish I knew. I don't know. You know, I, all I know is I can hear him saying a certain line that whether he wrote it or he didn't write it. And it just it's it gets to me in a way that when I hear someone else sing the exact same line, I go, oh, that was nice. You know, <laughs> like that. That was nice. <laughs> and it's fine. But it's not it's not him. And part of it is it, it might be just the, the literal timber of his voice because I find him interesting to listen to like when he's just talking uh, and he's got that, he does have that very strange intonation, especially like on theme time radio hour and stuff where he would talk. I was playing episodes of the, that show for my wife not that long ago and she was cracking up. It's just the way he says stuff. He just phrases things, you know, like I, I'm not going to try and imitate him now or even remember what particular line he said, but there's just he says things in a way that no one else says it. And it's like there's a there's a, a humor in it. He kind of knows he's being funny in a certain way, but yet he can be talking about serious things. But I've heard him. I Like I said, like I, I and I had this example on my show many years ago where randomly a bunch many decades ago, I was at a, a, like a horror movie convention and, you know, I'm looking at movies and posters and stuff. And I go to this guy. And he has this box on the side of concert tapes and it was on the floor because, you know, it was a horror convention and it wasn't anything that he figured that audience would be interested in. But he brought him along anyway, because he's like, why not? And there was a Bob Dylan bootleg in there. 
And I was like, oh, well, I, I'm interested in that. How much you want? He's like, oh, five bucks. Like, he just wanted to get rid of it, you know? So I was like, okay. So I bought it and it's a, you know, it was a VHS. This was in the nineties. It's a VHS. And it was a bootleg of a show he did in Binghamton, New York in like 1992. And I watched and, you know, it's somebody with a shaky camera and Bob's kind of far away, but it was that concert that he sang this electrified version of pretty Peggy. Uh, now, of course he sang that song on his first record, but it's an old folk song and I've heard versions of it. And I was like, eh, okay, it's fine. But when he did it, I was like, this is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. And there's just, and there's just something about that voice that just sounds eternal to me. And that's why I'm, I'm along for the ride with this guy, you know, for the rest of my life I'm in. Cause it's just something about the, just something about the timber of that voice. That's beautiful. Great, great description. I love it. <laughs> so you have a diverse background, you're a writer and illustrator. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and what you're doing. When you're not really podcasting. <laughs> when is that? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like I said, I've always been of a creative background. I went to art school. I'm a graduate of, of art school. And I was a freelance illustrator for 10 years. Uh, I did it longer than that, but I was working day jobs. But for 10 solid years, that was all I did. And I did work for the National Basketball Association. And I did the tour art for Margaret Cho for one of her tours. A bunch of years ago and i did magazine work and advertising work i've done stuff for estee lauder and espn and time out new york and 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 lots of other places i did a book cover for harper collins lots of stuff like that uh but uh that career unfortunately kind of went away due to market forces due to my own having done it for 10 years and i just kind of lost interest a little and right at that moment when that part of my life was ending the podcasting started and it was pure dumb luck. It wasn't like I was consciously, Oh, let me look for another creative outlet. It was just random luck that I reached out to a friend of mine and we, and I said, Hey, you know, I'd like to get into this podcasting thing. Do you want to do a show with me on this little corner of comic books? And he was up for that and we started doing it and I loved it. I was like, wow, that's what this is. This is. And that ballooned into we did the show called the fire and water podcast and we did that for a couple of years and then we expanded it into other podcasters doing related shows and we created this network the fire and water podcast network in 2016 and then at that point i was like well okay i can now talk about anything i want to talk about it doesn't have to just be comic books it could be any interest that i have of something that i really love and the first thing that occurred to me was, well, actually the first thing was movies. I did a movie show, but in terms of a purely dedicated show to like a specific piece of a fandom, it was Bob Dylan. I was like, I love Bob Dylan. I love talking about his songs. I don't know that many other people, like my best friend is into him, that him and I've been going to concerts for 30 years, but outside of him, I don't know that many people that are into him. And I thought maybe people will like this. I foolishly thought, oh, I'll do like, every show will be like 10 minutes long. Right. Because what's there to say about a song? You know, <laughs> you know, little did I know. Um, but I started doing that in 2016. And that quickly became kind of in a lot of ways, the, the I don't want to say like the number one podcast I do, but it's it kind of is because I do it every week. And it is the one that kind of consumes the most of my attention. And it's the one that has the biggest audience. And so 
it's kind of grown into this whole thing. And and now I, I feel like it's like one of the great purposes of my creative life is to do this show because I enjoy it so much. So are all your um, podcasts, are, are they all interview programs or are they some of them no. commentary? Yeah, no, some are, I do some on comic books. And so I'm just, they're almost always, well, no, not almost. They are all featuring guests. I do not just do a show by myself. Nobody wants to just hear me. It's boring. So some shows are, I do like, I do a show on MASH, you know, my favorite TV show. Every episode, I talk about an individual episode of the show and I have a different guest. Uh, And I do another show. I do a show on movies called Fade Out, which is about the final films of people, whether they're directors or stars or producers, what their final movie was. And I've been very fortunate on that show to have screenwriters on and directors and writers and editors, people in the industry talking about somebody that they really love. And that's another show that I really love doing. Um, So it's it's always me and I guess because to me, the point of it is to have these interesting conversations. It's not just me monologuing because that's again, who wants to hear that? So that to me is like, you know, and I and I am. It is a little bit of a of a um a razor wire act every week because you don't know necessarily how this person's going to be. I mean, there's other people who do podcasts all the time, but sometimes I have someone who's never done a podcast before, and you're kind of holding your breath, like I hope they know how to talk, you know. And some of them don't, but most of them have been great and i've been able to make uh at the very least kind of online friendships through the show and that's been fantastic i i know so many more people now than i ever would have and that's ironic considering that the whole thing is me sitting in my house not going outside but thanks to technology i know hundreds of dylan fans now that i never would have known before yeah now now that you mention it um i realized that you you interviewed me a while back um Mm -hmm. and i uh I, I think that was my very first podcast. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. I think oh, you so. never would. End. That was a great episode. That was a terrific yeah. show. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great, mm-hmm. good, great time. So where does Dylan fit into all this? I mean, is it is it just the personal interest, but or is it something more? It's just, I mean, I was, I, it's just one of these things that um, in terms of the, the pop culture that I consume it is one. It is probably the single most important piece of pop culture to me, in terms of like what it means to me. How much Bob has meant going through life. I discovered him when I was 18, 19. and I mean, in the in the grand scheme of his career, it's late because you're talking nineteen eighty nine when this is. But for me, you know, it was a little early, and I've now been with him for thirty years following all of his travails and all of his projects and things and that. And I'm just, it there, the thought of like never hearing another Bob Dylan song again, like there's lots of my stuff that I'm interested in that I love. I loved as a child, but if I never had to, if I could never engage with it again, like I went to a you know, desert Island discs kind of thing. I was stuck on a desert Island and it was like, well, you're never going to read another comic book again. All right. That would, that would suck, but I could live. I'm not going to, but the thought of like never hearing blood on the tracks again or something would make me so profoundly sad. So it is just, it's, he's, a, he's like a friend and I go through life. Well, the music, I should say, the music is a friend that guides me through life, you know, and together through life, you know, I mean, that's totally what it is. And my version, the reason I do the podcast partly, as I said, is to make friends is just to give something back, you know, is like, 
it's my way of paying tribute to this incredible body of work that it's like, well, this is what it means to me. And maybe this is what it means to you out there. Maybe somebody out there can, can hear something I say and be like, Oh, that's interesting. And I've had that I've had that experience many times where someone has had an insight to a song that I've been living with for 30 years, but I've never thought of it. And I was like, Oh, wow. We did that on our show when we talked about floater, you know, like you had insights to floater that I was like, I'd never thought of that, but that's interesting. Now I'm thinking about it differently. And that's so part of it is me just giving back. It's like saying to the world, Hey, for those of you who don't know this stuff, this is really worth considering. This is worth one song spending an hour and a half talking about, you know? So yeah, that it's just, I, the music will be with me the rest of my life. So speaking of your relationship with Dylan or his music, what, what is your, your, your Rubicon moment, your Dylan Rubicon, you crossed the river and you knew there was no going back. You know, I don't think I had a, a specific moment. Uh, in fact, just the other day, I recorded an episode with someone who mentioned listening to Blonde on Blonde for the first time, and they literally didn't know who he was. And after that, they were forever changed. I wish I had that moment, that secret origin moment that you could point to. I don't have that. Uh, but I can remember when I was getting into Bob. I mean, and again, I've told the story on the show where like I got the Woolberries. So we were playing the Woolberries album in our dorm such as it was really a house, but the dorm. And I, you know, I was like, oh, wow, I'll listen to this. And I didn't know Bob at all. I mean, knew of him, obviously. He's like furniture. How do you not know about him? But I wasn't a fan. But I was like, oh, Bob Dylan, George Harrison, Tom Petty. That's cool. I'll listen to that. And then I'm listening and I'm going, I really like the Dylan songs the most. It's kind of interesting. Dirty World and Tweeter and the Monkey Man and congratulate. And I was like, that's interesting. And so I went out and bought Oh Mercy because that was like the newest one. And I was like, boy, I really, I really like this. But even then I was still like, well, I don't know. I, I was familiar with the hits, but then I remembered there were a couple of songs where uh, the one, one of them I can remember specifically was we better talk this over from street legal where I was like, Oh, I love this. And this is not a hit, you know, like this is not like one of the famous ones. And there's lots of, lots of artists that everyone I think engages with that they know the hits you know, and, but they, once they dig a little deeper and then they go, eh, the rest of this stuff's not doing it for me. You know what I mean? And that's fine. That's the, that's the level of engagement you have with this person. Nothing wrong with that. But when I was hearing Dylan songs that I was like, wow, I've never even heard of this one. And I love this. That's when I knew, okay, I think the whole catalog is, I think I'm here. And so it was like, almost like one song at a time. Like here's this, oh, to Ramona. That's a beautiful song. I've never heard that one before, you know, um, and Oh Mercy, you know, I was like, well, I love all of Oh Mercy. And like, I'm, he did a video for one song, but these other nine are great. So it was that, it was just like one song at a time of like, I'm getting sucked in further and further to where I'm like, yeah, this is, I, this is more than just, I like the famous songs of this guy. The whole corpus is of interest to me. Anyone who listens to your show probably knows that you're a great fan of the song, Joey. <laughs> and for those who don't listen to your show at first off you should and secondly i'm being sarcastic um, <laughs> as you can tell by rob's laugh um is there a song you haven't covered that you wish you had you wish somebody would come to you and say hey let, let's do this song yeah i mean first of all i like joe it's fine it's just 
out of 600 songs, you got to like some less than others. And I would put Joey at like 596 out of 600. <laughs> that's all. It's, I, I actually dislike Bowden Plain D more than Joey. So Bowden oh, Plain D is like, yeah, that's yeah. probably the only one I would actually, I actively don't like that song. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Yeah, the way I do the show is I let the guests pick the song because I figure if they want to talk about Floater or whatever, they're going to bring a more they're going to bring more passion to it than if I assign them a song. Cause if I say, Hey, I want to talk about Mr. Tim Bremen and they're like, oh, I, don't, I don't, all right, I'll do the show, but I'm not that big a fan. Then the show's probably not as interesting a conversation. So that's why I always like the guests pick the song. That said, that means that there are some favorites of mine that hardly anybody ever picks. I, there aren't that many that I'm, I'm trying to think of like what 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 are like my top favorites that we haven't done yet. There really aren't. We've done Tangled Up in Blue. We've done Where Are You Tonight. We've done we just did we we better talk this over as I just mentioned. You ain't going nowhere tonight. I'll be staying here with you. Uh Key West. Like those are like my big, big favorites. The only one, and this is not exactly what your question and answer to your question, but the only one is my all-time favorite Dylan song is Series of Dreams all time it's the number one song if you could as much as you can rank them which is silly but if i had to somebody said number one favorite it's series of dreams that one though i don't know if i will ever do because it's so personal to me and i don't know if i want to reveal that much about myself to talk about it but then if i don't i'm not doing a service i'm doing the song a disservice and i love it so much that i don't want to do it so it's like series of dreams is like permanently off the table. Maybe like the final episode of Bob Dylan in 2037 or whatever it is they do it. But that's the only one I could think of that people have said, Hey, series of dreams. And I just say, no, that one's just not available right now. So now I got to ask you about that. <laughs> Fair enough. I, um, I, you know, I invited that. So sure. <laughs> I mean, so, so, you know, obviously the song's personal for you based on what you said. Yeah. And that that's, I understand that perfectly. And you don't have to reveal anything you don't want to reveal. But is is your attraction to the song primarily the song itself or the personal relationship you have with it? It's both. It was when I heard it. It came along. Uh, this is how old I am. This is they played the video for it, which is a great video. It's one of his to me, one of his best videos. But they played the video for it on Friday night videos. Remember that show uh, that used to air like after Letterman on Friday nights? And I stayed up to watch it because they had, you know, that again, that's how old this is that like they were showing Bob Dylan videos on network television, but they made a big deal about it. Like I remember they promoted it ahead of time. It was like, hey, this Friday, we're the debut of the new Bob Dylan. I was like, and the video was amazing. And I had not heard the song to that point because it was before I bought the bootleg series. And there was there's just something about it that is so all encompassing and it's so mysterious and scary and comforting and all of these things that and it 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 came along at the exact right moment and it's it's kind of like you know i have like a favorite movie and it's a similar experience in that my favorite movie is not one that i watch a whole lot because i'm not always in the mood for it but it's i can't imagine any movie meaning more to me than that one so it's it there's just this little artifact, and I said it like it lodges itself into my brain, and it's just it just takes up residence, and it's never leaving. Yeah, well, it's a it's an a, a song that's simultaneously odd and ambitious and beautiful. 
Um, and very atypical with how he does songs because it's got overdubs and that's very, you know, he's big on doing it all live. That's a song that people that Lanois and other people kind of futzed with after the fact. But there's something about it that's just like, OK, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. And every time I hear it, if I put on Greatest Hits Volume 3 or something and then it comes up, I just I stop what I'm doing. I just sit and I just listen to it. And mm. it's, OK. All right. And it's it's lost none of its power after 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So who's your who's the, the guest you want more than anyone? <laughs> One person other than, you know, Bob Dylan. Um, well, I mean, I don't. Phone. Yeah, I mean, and I people, know that's not going <laughs> to. Well, that a that's never going to happen. And B, people actually don't believe me when I say I really would not want that mm. because, first of all, I, you know, maybe he's in a bad mood and I don't want that to be the experience. But like, as we've seen, you know, as well as I do. You've seen interviews with him where, like, if you, it, the last thing he wants is to be talking to somebody who's telling him how awesome he is. You know what I mean? That's he's going to shut down at that point. So that's not the and, and a show that is going on and on about how great he is is the last thing he'd want to do. So it's like my show is just not the context for that kind of thing. I would love to meet him in a different context, you know, bump into him. At, at a blimpies or something, you know, just get that famous image of him with the right. sporting news, wherever he is. Or like there was a brief period where I was up at visiting Columbia records and showing my portfolio around. And like, these were people that had actually worked on like some of his sleeves. Like I was like, okay, in that context, that would be awesome. Cause then, you know, dream of dreams, I get to work on one of his sleeves or something. So Bob's off the table. My initial answer to that question is always Tony Garnier. Right. Because Garnier just looks like he's having the time of his life. He has shattered every other record in terms of Dylan Sidemen. Nobody's going to ever come close to working with Bob as long as Garnier has worked with him. He's always just such a, in some ways, he's like the audience surrogate on stage because Bob looks scowly sometimes and doesn't, you know, but Garnier is just, you know, he's like, he's just having a time of his life. But that, putting that one aside, because ever since, I got your question. I thought about it a little more. My dream guest, actually, I would love to have David Letterman. Really? Because we know Letterman's a big Bob fan. Mm -hmm. His was the only show that Bob ever did on any sort of consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Dylan uh, Letterman's intros for Dylan were are always so genuine and so warm. And so, you know, Letterman was so like Captain Snark. And mm -hmm. here, he, these intros for Letterman, you could just see, just he loves it. He's so excited to have Bob on a show. And I would just love to find out from David Letterman, like, what's your favorite Dylan song? Let's talk about that. Like, I just think that would be a fascinating interview to like, here's a guy who's booked Bob on a show. What, what songs does he love? So I would love David Letterman would be a dream get. And he would probably say ballad and plain D. He probably would. And I'll talk about <laughs> whatever, whatever Mr. Letterman would want to talk about. It'd be fine. So tell me about what other music you enjoy. You know, I mean, I we listen to my wife and I listen to to like Sirius XM and random stuff. And like she <laughs> she got me on. I bought her. She loves Harry Styles. She loves mm -hmm. Harry's room. And like I bought her that on vinyl. And like I like it now. Like, I, you know, like we listen to it almost every day. It's a fun pop record. There's lots of other music that I like. And there's some people that I like a little deeper, like Bruce Springsteen or Amy Mann, Jen, Jenny Lewis. Like those are artists that I have more than one album of. Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, 
but those are those are all people that I've tuned out on after a certain point. Like, oh, that album didn't do much for me or whatever. Bob is just it, it. That's why he's the thing to me. It's like, okay, there's Bob, there's Bob, and then there's all the other music I listen to. You know, and it's strange. Like, I have a um a playlist in on my phone for when I go jogging because it's all upbeat songs. And like, there's no Dylan in that at all. Because to me, he's like not great to run to, even the up tempo stuff. There's just something again, there's something about the timber of his voice that does not make me want to jog, <laughs> you know? So there I have like 50 songs in my running mist, not a single Dylan song in there. So again, it's like there's Jenny Lewis and there's Elvis Costello and uh uh Gwen Stefani and and all these other things, but no Bob in there at all. Yeah, that makes sense though. Yeah, running to Dylan would be a little little perilous <laughs> yeah even the up-tempo song they just don't work they just there's something about them it just doesn't make me want to exercise so is there any connection to the other music you listen to and dylan or is it just com- so completely separate um i can i don't i mean if there is i don't know what it is i mean i i i do tend to lean towards the singer songwriters i just think that's my jam like billy joel like he was my first big fandom when i was a teenager i saw him in concert a bunch of times paul simon certainly so i think i lean james taylor like i think these are all (laughs) ancient references but i think i i think i lean towards the one person who writes their own songs and does them like i said jenny lewis or amy mann or something like that i think so if, if there's any connection i think it's probably that i think i'm just more like you know there's lots of music from bands that i like but all my CDs, as I'm looking at them here, it's all like a single artist. So there's just something about someone with an individual point of view and, you know, not that you can't write, not that you can't sing all their songs that other people have written, but there, I think there's just something about the singer songwriter idea that appeals to me more than, you know, a band or something like that. Did you happen to, to catch the, um, the Bob Dylan, Paul Simon tour? I think it was maybe 90. I didn't. I don't know why i didn't i look back i have a list of all my dylan concerts and there's this gap where i didn't go see him for a bunch of years and i'm i'm like i don't why did i do i don't know what was going on did i not go so i did not see that tour and i'm forever kind of kicking myself because i love paul simon and that's a great combo that's great you know so i don't know why i missed that one but i i regret that i did because that from the bootlegs i've heard those are those were terrific shows yeah yeah i I caught one in northern virginia but it was a such a horrible venue it was just a miserable experience oh no as it happens you know it was like one of those places where you sit on the grass and it just wasn't it was not happy um but yeah the the acoustics were awful but the um (laughs) it was interesting i mean to hear the two of them duet um sound of silence yeah you know (laughs) it's amazing and bob is it's so funny like bob is it's not that bob is ungenerous towards other musicians in fact he's very generous i think when he likes somebody he's very effusive in his praise and unfortunately he has to write a lot of eulogies for people as they go. You know, a lot of his contemporaries have gone and he, it's up to him to write these things. He must get tired of writing them because it's one friend after the next. Jerry Garcia, Johnny Cash, Tom Petty. You know, it's like after a while, you're like, this is depressing. But he doesn't share the stage with a lot of other musicians. I think partly because maybe they're intimidated because he's Bob Dylan. So when he shares the stage with somebody, it, it, there's a kind of like, you know, the meta textual thing is like, wow, Bob is saying this person is on my level kind of to be on stage. And of course, Paul Simon is. But there's just something very warm about that, that Bob's like, I'm going to share the mic with 
this person, you know, like that's just amazing. Like, wow. And then again, I've seen videos of them, like Bob Dylan and Paul Simon. You're like, what the amount of history, you know, popular musical history in these two guys right here. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do you have for us? What else do you want us to know about you? <laughs> Your relationship with Bob Dylan. <laughs> I I mean, like I said, it's, I'm very, very fortunate that in, in this world where there's so much um, entertainment, that is vying for people's attention. Uh, I'm very, very fortunate that uh, people listen to the show and find something worthy. You know, they, they spend an hour of their, of their precious week listening only, you know, they're only doing my, I mean, I'm sure they're probably also doing the dishes or mowing the lawn or getting something, but that's what podcasts are for. But just the fact that they are willing to spend an hour of their time with me and my guest in their ear is, is an amazing thing. And I like to not take it for granted. And that's why, you know, I have a full-time job. I, I have a 40 hour week job and I have a, I have a life and I have friends and I have, you know, like everything else, but I make sure that there's a show every week, every Saturday, there's a new episode to get done. And I've, you know, recorded shows the night before recorded shows on vacation because I, I want to respect the audience of like, Hey, you're nice enough to tune into this. So I want to make sure I give it to you. So, you know, um, never would have imagined that, when I started it, that I'd be doing it 250 episodes later. And that the show, like I said, when I started, I thought, oh, I'll do 10 minutes on every song and yeah, 10 minutes. I mean, you know, now, now if the show's less than an hour, I'm like, oh, we could have gone longer on that. We got, I talked an hour about wigwam, you know, for Pete's sakes, <laughs> but it's made me re-engage with the catalog in different ways. And like I said, it's, I've, I have friends now that I never would have had before. And depending on when people are listening to this, like I'm going to be speaking at the Bob Dylan center in June, which is mm. like crazy. That's crazy to me that I'm going to been able to have that opportunity. So it's just been incredibly rewarding and it's just fun talking Bob, like we're doing here. It's that's it. When you love something so much, I mean, you're clear right about it. It's not like it's all perfect. You know, like I mentioned Joey, but like it, when you love something so much, it's just fun to be able to discuss that with, other people that love it like you do. And they know all the secret handshakes and they know the bells and whistles and all that. So that's just, that's like the stuff of life. So uh, I love doing the show and hope I can keep doing it for, you know, for as long as possible. So you're going to be presenting at the, the uh, world of Bob Dylan conference. Yes. We, I will be part of a panel there. It's, it's oh, cool. very What's exciting. The panel on? Uh, podcasting. We're going to be talking about podcasting. Uh, I don't know exactly when we're going to be doing the, center or the institute has not gotten back to us yet but yeah. i will be part of a panel with some other people uh, i don't think they've announced it so i don't want to say who they are because in case they don't they want to wait to announce it but i'll be part of a panel on podcasting about bob dylan so great you know great. well I'm i know I'll, I'll be there as well i'm on another panel so i'll be uh... I'm, i can't wait i cannot wait to go to this i've never been in the center before ah. so i am so my best friend and i will be going there uh i can't wait that's going to be so much fun yeah, I went. I went on the su over the summer, um, and it's quite the experience. It's it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. The um, idea of going to a place that's just Bob Dylan is like, it's like a kid in a candy store. You know, I've said this before, but I went with a friend who, you know, is a casual Bob Dylan fan. Uh, certainly not hardcore. He wouldn't be listening to a podcast about Bob Dylan. <laughs> um, and he, he was fixated. He was absolutely fixated. I thought he was miserable because he was just standing there. <laughs> and I went over, I said, are you okay? Do you want to get out of here? And he's like, no, I'm loving this. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Oh, That's okay. great. 
I mean, they, they really did a good job. Um, they really did a great job. So can't speak highly enough of it. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. Um, I, I don't Absolutely. In person. We, we we were in the same room together and didn't realize it once. I'm so, oh, God. That was so <laughs> frustrating. I didn't know you were there. I didn't know you were there. And so, yeah. Like, standing there. Like, if uh, you left. Um, oh. Someone said, oh, yeah, Rob Kelly just left. I went, what? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> so these things happen. But um, yeah, I'll definitely see you in Tulsa. And um, Rob, this has been great. Thank you. Your your show is excellent. Um, you do you. real service to Bobdom, um, the, the kingdom of Bob. And um, you really, you know, you, I think you inspire a lot of people and you give a lot of fans an outlet, which is wonderful. Um, you know, I think a lot of people who, who wouldn't get heard about, you know, talking about Bob, get them get to get out there. And that's that's a wonderful thing for you to do. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love talking to everybody. It's it's super fun when someone's they're you know they're like dying to talk about this song. I just I recognize that someone's like, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Yeah, we'll do it absolutely. So, uh, and then it's funny to do a show where you get off the air and someone's like, oh, I forgot to mention this. Like they're mad that they didn't mention that one <laughs> sentence in their five pages of notes. It's good. I, I totally relate to that level of geekery on this. Subject, oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Rob. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Jim. I love this. This is really fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dylan Ponds Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to have the Dylan Ponds sent directly to your inbox. And share the Dylan Ponds on social media.